Alright, so I want to kind of build on what Ruhr um, did last week. He preached about uh, the armor of God. Who, who, who remembers the preach? Come on. Hey, I come on and know. I come on and know. And I also want to build on um, also something that I said a little bit uh, with the last time that I did have the opportunity to preach. Remember, I, 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 I quoted something of Moray 90% is our responsibility in this walk and this journey with Jesus, and 10% is God's ability. It's the power that He brings to my situation and my life that is able to change and correct and convict and do all kinds of things. And so we're going to look at this again. And, and normally when I grew up looking at a preach like this, and normally I would say that falls in my 90% uh, thing. And, and it, sometimes it brings a bit of a swaarheid over you. It brings us, oh, ek het nog werk om te doen. I'm so far from glory, Jesus. Oh, I'm never going to do this. And sometimes this type of preach, if it falls in the wrong place, it can almost put a burden on you. So I want to pray for us this morning that this preach will not be a burden to us, but it will convict, it will, it will do its work in us and that the word will fall on soil, but that the Holy Spirit will come with His 10%, His ability, His power for order, in order for us to respond as these two prophetic words uh, said. So open up your hearts. Don't be, when the minute that you, we, we start looking at this, as we get a villain, this ain't November for goodness sakes, man. You can't bring a preach like this at the end of November, you know. This is a February or a March preach when we energetic and also sunny gang. Huh? Oh, I thought you said something. <laughs> okay. So what we're going to talk about this morning is my posture. My posture. And I want to just quickly... Uh, 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 who played? You played? Nathan, Nathan and, and Stefan, you guys come here quickly. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Nathan. Suddenly he's got his weight behind him, 
He's just positioned in a way that will be more difficult for Stefan to tackle him. You get that? Yeah. That's posture. Donkey. <laughs> now the thing is, the Bible and this journey with God in this lifetime often is like a rugby match. There's scrums and confrontation and intensity and it's difficult because here by the last 10 minutes, I don't know about you guys, but I was a I, will, I only played rugby in, in grade 11 and 12, so right at the end of my career is when I actually grew up a little bit, so I got some, some little bit of bulk. No, no, no bulk. But the thing is, it's, it's difficult, and that last 10 minutes was usually, I cramped up because I, uh, you know, I was just unfit. So, and this is very much, and this is what, where we are now in this year. Uh, we heard it in the prayer meeting, it's only this time of year where you start hearing prayers like, Oh Lord Jesus, we just pray that you will just be with us for this last stint of the year. And Lord, where every one of us is tired, you know, you've heard those prayers during this time of year. So there is this sense that this is the last 10 minutes of the year. And we are fatigued, we are tired. It's not so easy sometimes to walk out, out when you're And it's the same with circumstances. When the challenges and the trials come, it's not always that easy. So I want to just quickly look at uh, Philippians 1 verse 27. And, oh no, the first one is, uh, yeah, the first one. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Now, I want to tell you this. This is something, it's kind of an instruction of Paul. Uh, and we're going to look at two scriptures where he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So there's kind of a, uh, an, an urging, uh, an encouragement, probably closer to, you know, not a command I want to say, but you know, he says, I want you to live a life that is worthy of your calling in Jesus Christ. So he sets kind of a standard there. He doesn't say... Uh, you know, uh, from January up until August, well, while you're still fit and ready and you're feeling like you've got some oomph, that's the time when you must leave the calling. And then for the other times, there's different, there's different circumstances. Or, uh, please live the calling worthy of, of the gospel, uh, but only when you are not challenged. You, you know, when you're challenged, it's a different thing, you know. So when the trials and the challenges comes, they, we, we're going to be a little bit more lenient. No. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy. And, and that's the end of the statement. And then Philippians 1 verse 27. I want to just take that one as well. Now listen to this one. The way he starts off. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. I, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Make for myself what the time of the year. Make yourself what in Whatever happens. That's empty, but they're talking about real life stuff. Maybe a family member close to you passes away, someone that you love unexpectedly, and it's still at the same time. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner, manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'm not going to read the rest. I just want to focus on that. Yeah. So, on the first thing is, is conducting. I looked a little bit into the word, and I'm not going to try and do the Greek and the, all those. Ruark uh, is the guy for that. So, but conducting means it's, it's a personal behavior. Um, it's a it's a way of acting. So, it's a, a behavior is different than just a reaction. A reaction can be like this now, like this now, like this. Now. It's always 
different reaction. Behavior, you've ever heard of the term where the scientist says we've got human behavior. So it's something over centuries that us as humans will react in a certain way. So when Paul says, conduct yourselves, he says it should be always look the same. It should be like a learned behavior. It should be the way that I will react in every circumstance and in every situation. My reactions will be the same because it's not just something that I do. It's not something the way that I react to. It's my behavior. It's who I am almost, I can say. Um, so conduct yourselves and then a manner worthy. Uh, I looked a little bit uh, uh, into that as well. Where did I, where's that in my notes? Uh, it, it talks about a manner of worthy. It talks about a posture that you're taking in. And a posture, again, it's different than just, um, the, the, again, than just a reaction. A posture is something, uh, you remember, uh, um, what was that? Uh, the rain in May stays mainly in the play. The rain stays mainly Yes, what is that movie? What was that movie thing called? Singing in the rain. Now I'll never forget that movie. There was this, there was this poor lady that this English gentleman needed to kind of get into a gentleman. Is that the one? My fair lady. And so he, he he worked with her and he learned her. He taught her how to have a good posture. And and back in the day they had even cor corsets. You know that thing that they pull it real tight. Yeah. And then suddenly you would be like a Jakob Rechop again, you know, you would, and you would be unable. But if you think about it, what Ruark also said, when you take on the armory of God, it's not just for protection, it's not just for defense. There's something about armory, if you've got that full armory on, I watched, once watched the movie, very similar to the story of David, where David had to put on uh, Saul's armory just before they went to uh, fight against uh, Goliath. And I remember in this movie, once this guy had this armory on, he could hardly move in any other direction other than where the armory led him to do. So his ability to react differently was kind of constrained through the armory that he was wearing at that point. Yes. And that's very much the same idea with the armory of God. You know, you can't move outside of the justification. You can't move outside of faith, of the area of faith. You can't move outside your, your willingness to, to, uh, to take ground for the Lord with the shoes, you know? So it kind of, it, it, it puts something around you of a posture that I take in going into battle, going into this life. And that's what Paul says when he says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy. Conduct yourselves in a posture in a way of life, in a way of thinking that is worthy of the gospel of Christ, of Jesus. Because the thing is this, your posture, not always, I think if you want to be difficult, you could probably say not always, but I think a lot of times your posture will very much determine your reaction to a certain situation. The way that you go into that, it's very much like the rugby uh, 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 example that we just used. If Nathan goes into a tackle upright the whole time, the chances are that Stefan is going to tackle him back as 9 out of 10. Maybe you'll have that one time that he does. So your, your, your posture, that the way that you're going into certain things in the kingdom and in this life and in this walk, will sometimes and most often uh, determine your ability to respond to God's ways. You get that? Your ability to respond to God's ways. We've got a, a walker. 
And in many cases, and we're going to go to some practical examples now, I'm just setting the tone. In many cases, your posture is the place, uh, uh, it is the starting point for a response. You know, so often we want to, in the middle of the situation, then we want to kind of get the right response. Then uh, a posture, then we want to rectify ourselves. But it's a lot more difficult doing it in when you think than just doing it beforehand. Going into battle with your armor already on versus trying to put you on your armor while you're fending off the enemy. Have you ever tried that? So it is so important for us to look at this and say, hang on Lord, is there something that you want to do in terms of my posture? So even when we're going to look at some of the practical examples, and I'm going to use some stuff out of my life as well. I want you guys to sit there, and I'm just going to use five or six examples. It's not a lot. It's not everything. But as the words just came through earlier, search your heart now. Allow the Holy Spirit. It's been coming through since the prayer meeting, and Ruach said it in the week as well. Are you willing this morning for the Holy Spirit to search my heart and say, Lord, is there a posture in my, in my life? Is there a way that I've been so set in my way of thinking, in my way of doing, that it kind of sets me up for an inability to act when it really matters in the way that you want me to act. To act in a godly manner and conduct myself in a godly manner. Is that good? Yeah. Just a quick thing. It's interesting, even physically, even physically, they say that they did a study on, on elderly people that has a bad posture uh, over their lives. And they did a study in a parent with 1,300 elderly people, something like that. And apparently you live one and a half times or something like that. I don't know the stats of that. But the, 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 the bottom line is, is you live longer if you've got a better posture growing up. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. You get in more oxygen, so your, your vital organs get more oxygen through the course of your life. So your kidneys, your liver, everything is more healthy. Just because you're in a position, you're able... To take in more oxygen. It's interesting. How many of you want to take a deep breath now just because I did it? <laughs> Suddenly you feel like I need more oxygen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So your organs are just more healthy because they and just in everything. Even slouching like this, it puts pressure on your on your organs. And that has a detrimental effect. So so posture is something that is, it's a practical thing as well, you know, if you, if you do it like that. But yeah, that's just a, a, a three. So, what's the first posture that we're going to look at? And I'm going to try and, um, yeah, uh, what's my time? I just want to see, I promised my wife I'm going to do this. Oh my word, already 14 minutes. Oh, useless. First posture that the Bible takes in is the posture against sin. What's the Bible's posture against sin? The Bible is very, very open to that. James 1 verse 14 and 15 says this. But each one is tempted by its own evil desires and is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So what is the posture of the Bible when it comes to sin? It is serious. The Bible warns us, he said, listen, don't mess around with sin in your life. It could kill you, literally, and it could kill you in the year after. It means that you will not have a life. When you pass away today, and you, and you haven't given your life to Christ, and you don't live a devoted life, you haven't been dealing with sin in your life, that there's a strong possibility that it could lead to death, physically and also spiritually. So that's the posture. And you will never see in the Bible... 
another posture any other than that. It's the same posture that Paul took in. It's the same posture that Peter took in. All of the apostles. Sin is serious. Don't mess with it. Is that good? Do you see that in the Bible? Don't mess with sin. The second one is, is what is your posture when it comes to your growth, your own personal growth in the Lord? I remember me and Leonie, when we joined Josh Jen, we came from a place where we had very slow spiritual growth just due to ourselves. We weren't really overly committed. We were committed, but not really so. We weren't devoted. I think we weren't devoted. So even us, we weren't really devoted. We did church, and we loved church. We loved Jesus. But there was something of devotion when we Acts talked about they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching that was missing to us. And when we joined Josh Jen and we saw the growth that happened in others around us, it sparked something in our posture. It sparked something in our posture. And suddenly we decided to take on a posture. To take on, I don't want to say it's a mindset, because a mindset is almost as it, it just It's just one aspect when it comes to posture. But still, we made a decision that we are going to go to everything and anything that, that is available to us when we are able to grow. So if there was a gathering, we went to the gathering. If there was a conference, we would go to the conference. If there was a prophetic equip, we would be at the prophetic equip. We didn't miss any Sundays. We didn't miss any Wednesday community meetings. We were devoted because we, we took up a posture to, ta- to, to, to grow in the things of the Lord. And it was amazingly beneficial to us. Just that posture. So we said to ourselves, we say yes to anything and the Lord has to talk us out of it. That's our posture that we took in. And it was amazing the benefit that it had on our lives at that point. Can I move on? Hardships. Hardships. Challenges. Trials. Now the Bible is full of... I'm going to say full of it. (laughs) The The Bible is full of talking about hardships and trials. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to send you into the wolves like sheep, you know. And and so there's no, there's no deal and changes. The Bible is very open and transparent about this life. We heard it again this morning as well. It's not going to be always an easy thing. But what is your posture going into hardships? What is your Again, I don't want to say frame of mind or mindset because it's not really what posture is. It's a much deeper working. You know, mindset is something that I can do. It's something where you go to a, 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 one of those speakers. What do you call it? There you go. Motivational, motivational speaker can help you with your mindset. The Holy Spirit can help you with your posture. There's a difference in that. So I don't want to, I don't want to blank it down to, to a mindset. But still... Spiritually, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, we say, Lord, help me with my mindset going into hardships. Mm-hmm. So let's look at James 1, verse 2 to 4. <laughs> look at this mindset. This is absolutely amazing, this mindset. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fail to face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish your work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Counted all joy. What a posture. Huh? What a posture. I think it's sometimes, and that's why I said, that's now where the 10% of God comes in. I promise you, 
we will not be able to take on that posture on our own, uh, on our own strength. There's no way that we would be able to do that. And that's why this preach this morning, even though I'm saying, hey, I want you to take on that posture, I'm not looking at you to be able to do that, and I'm not looking at myself to be able to do that. Because naturally, just because of who we are and because of circumstances and our flesh and our, our, the fact that we are in skin and bones, it will mean that this will be a struggle for all of us. But the 10% of God is there. His ability, His power, His strength of the Holy Spirit working through us, enabling us to take on that posture. And are you willing this morning? Are you willing this morning, in all of these things that we're speaking about, to say, Lord, if I don't have this posture, I want to be submitted to you this morning. To say, Lord, come and change me. Come and change me in this. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, I'm not going to read all of it, this is just to give you an idea. Paul lists, he literally lists the trials and persecutions and the stuff that he had to go to. He said, five times I received from the Jews the 14 lashes. Three times I was beaten on the roads. Once I was stoned. Three times I was stricken. Now, this is hectic stuff. Just go to the, 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 the verse 28, the last one. This is all physical stuff. And then the last thing it says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches, which means Paul isn't sleeping as well. And you honor and they wakker oor die kerk. And he's thinking, oh Lord, I'm thinking about the Corinthians, Lord. So this is a guy that is not only physically being tortured, not physically being persecuted, but he's not getting any sleep. And how many people that had children or sometimes going through kids that are sick don't get any sleep? Huh? And then in those times you would almost say, Lord, you must give me some slack now. I'm not getting any sleep. My parents are sick. Yeah, I'm the first one. The first thing is when Panarlinka and Viani Lakaras in the Sotnesis and we're sleeping badly. That next morning I, I, I look at my when my Vakarhan after Sultan at five o'clock. I said, Lord, just a bit of a snooze. And then when I wake up again it's seven o'clock. And that's how we work. It's it's so difficult in this flesh and bones that we are living in. When these things happen, to count it pure joy to get up at five o'clock in the morning to worship the Lord in your quiet time. It's difficult, not easy. But now I want to say this, and now Clarence can correct me if I'm wrong. This is something that I googled. I don't know. I googled this. Apparently, apparently, and if it is not so, just say yes for now. We'll correct it next week and then I'll come back and repent. Apparently, Thessalonians was written before uh, Corinthians and James. That's what I googled. <laughs> I don't know. But I want to say this. I want to say this. And this is such an important key for all of us. The Lord has two ways in which He can bring something into us. That He can teach us some things. And that He can build into us or form something of a character in us. Two ways. He can either let you bump your head and learn from your mistakes. Or you can work with His Holy Spirit. Take up a posture beforehand. And then He can change you in... The process of walking it out with him with the right posture. Because posture does very much, the right posture, does very much the same job than bumping my head and learning from my mistakes. Do you know why I know this? Because Paul had that posture in Corinthians and in James, and James had it before, he had that posture before the trials and the tribulations came. 
Because listen to this in 1 Thessalonians. Look at the posture that Paul took in. Before the trials and tribulations. Before he learned to learn from his mistakes. Oh, 17 work. Be joyful always. Is that right? <laughs> That's not a sentence. Hallelujah. Amen. Be joyful. This is the to take it. Yes. And so Paul didn't always learn through the lashes. He learned through his posture. And that's the same that Jesus. What did Jesus do before he got yes. crucified? Yes. What did Jesus do before he got crucified? He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. Yes. He went to the Father. And he said, three times. How many times did he go? I bloed gesweet, man. But he went. He took in a posture of looking to the Father and saying, Father, you need to give me strength for this. You need to give, I'm looking, I'm keeping my eye on the prize. I know why I'm doing this, Lord. Yes. Hardships. The second last one that I want to speak about this morning, or maybe, yeah, the second last one, is what is your posture towards leadership or authority in your life? This is a difficult one for all of us. This is a difficult one for all of us. What is your posture going into? Because I want to I wanna, uh, start off with Romans 13, verse 1 to 2, what Paul says, listen, everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. All authority. Love that. So when we talk about, remember now something, now you say, yeah, have you seen our authority? Have you seen our government? You know how difficult it is sometimes to go under them. What if my government is Islam or my government? Paul is talking about authority, not just talking. He's just talking about godly authority, and it's talking about authority is the thing that we need to submit to. Not as much we need to submit to the government, but there's something about God's authority working through governments and working through through uh, what He has established. So the minute that I, for instance, let me rather get practical. The minute that I drive 80 in a 60 zone, who am I spiting? The government or, my, or myself in that? Whose authority am I undermining? Government. Government? Yourself. Yourself. Because the same way that I'm undermining, it's, just, it's a mindset that happens. It's a posture that's actually on attack there. Because if I go into the 60 zone and I think to myself, listen, this is overrated. Seriously? 60 in this area? Come on. This is not applicable to me. At the same breath, when you, when, you, when you think that way, I promise you, the next time when you read something in the Bible, that you feel, no, really, seriously, this is a little bit too much. I don't think this is applicable to me. 
The attack is an authority of God at the end of the day. That's why Paul knew how important it is to go into with a posture of being submitted to authority. Because the attack is an authority not as much on the government itself. Do you see that? And that's so important. So I want to ask yourself, what is your posture with our authority? I'm talking about government now. I'm talking about the rules and the regulations and the stuff that is on us. When it comes to your taxes, do you sometimes try and save a thousand rands here, save a thousand rands here, illegally? I'm not talking about illegally. It's about God's ways. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Look at this quickly. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Now we're coming back to the church. We're looking at authority in the church. We're looking at leadership in the church. Obey your leaders. And I was just going to say this. And Clarence going to give me, if I'm wrong, you must just throw a blind eye to this. If the, the, the Hebrews was written to a Jewish congregation, if I'm correct. Is that right? You read it to Jews. So when Paul writes this, obey your leaders, they come out of a time, the Jews, where the leaders pretty much sucked because they crucified Jesus in the first place and they were the ones that didn't really bring them the gospel that well. The Jewish leaders, the, so this, the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of those ones. So actually they could look at their leaders and say, hey man, you didn't do a very good job. You didn't prepare us well for the coming of Jesus. How did you miss it? The whole Old Testament was talking about the coming of Jesus. And yet you guys never prepared us. When Jesus did come, we didn't even know it. It went past us into the fact that even we crucified him. And so very easily they could look at their leaders and that's how often we look at Who's got church hurt because of a leader? Come on. <laughs> so, so often when we, we could, but so even us, when we look at that, we could go back and say, yeah, but you don't know my leaders. You've never been under the guy that I was serving uh, two years ago. Man, that guy was horrible. He was like, I'm going to say Hitler. I won't go there. <laughs> no, he was horrible, man. He, he never gave me opportunities. Uh, all kinds of things. But Paul was writing that to the Jews. And they had terrible leadership up until Jesus died on the cross and that they got the gospel of Jesus. They had terrible leaders at that time. I think the only one that showed some bit of it was probably Nicodemus that had something uh, of the life in him. So now, let's see what Paul says. So I just want to say, your posture, it's no excuse if you've been hurt by leadership before in your life. It's no excuse. Paul says this to guys that has been hurt by leadership. He says this to guys that had bad leaders before him. So he says, obey your leaders. Submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as many must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. I love again how this thing, and that's why I said this preach this morning should not be a burden. Look at that last sentence. It should be an advantage to you. Mm. Going in with the right posture into this life and journey with the Lord is an advantage to us. It's an encouragement to us. It's the Lord wanting to partnership with us and journey with us and say, hey, let me help you. Posture. Now the last one that I felt this morning is just 
Church on his finances. Yeah. Finances. Yeah. That's what I said. The Lord really keeps these ones for, for November. Eh? <laughs> End of November. Yes, Lord. Finances. Yeah. I want to ask you guys this morning. What is your posture when it comes to your finances? Sure. Is it your finances? We heard it this morning as well when Justin yes. uh, shared with us this morning. Is it your finances or is it actually God's finances? Who is the, who's the master of that? Who's got the authority in your life when it comes to your finances? And what is your posture going into that? What is your posture? Hebrews 13 verse 5. And Luke, I'm going to just show two scriptures. Look at what the, what the word is guarding against, what the Bible is guarding against. Why is there such an attack on our finances? Why is there such an attack on our posture when it comes to finances? Verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Do you see where the attack is? Love of money. You heard it this morning as well. Second verse, uh, Luke. Luke 12 verse 34, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I want to ask you guys, when it comes to our finances and taking up a posture, a godly posture, conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, what is the fight about? God wants to guard us against the love of money. He wants to keep us safe from a place where somewhere in my heart, Something happens where I'm starting to love money more than I love God. And the fact of the matter is, again, it's something that happens just like this. I'll never forget, we were, my, one of my first bigger bonuses that I received, you know, we, you, you work and you work and you toil and then you get like bosses, you sit like this for your wife, and one year I got a little bit of a bigger bonus than I got that uh, previous years. And my first job that I had, I think I've told you guys this before, I'm telling this to the different It's like Andrew, have you, he's got like 10 stories and it just repeats over and over and over again. Oh, this is being recorded. Oops. Love you, Andrew. <laughs> Love Andrew. Love Andrew. My first job was, I, I, I was 13 or 12 or 13, I was very young. And I used to stand at the gate when we had athletics meetings and I used to sell the tickets to the guys that wanted to come in and walk their cars and watch that. And I think I got something like 30 or 40 rands or something like that for that Saturday morning that I was there. And I can't remember the detail and I don't know if my parents remember, I don't know if they maybe talked to me about tithing or anything like that, but I just remembered, the only memory that I had is that I just had this urge, I want to tithe. And from that very first moment, I tithe on what I received. And it was just something that became a posture in my life. It just took me forward. It, when, I, when I received money, it doesn't matter what I would receive, whatever I received, I was just in a posture that I was able to give to the Lord a tithe of what I received. And it was just an easy posture over the years. And then after that, the Lord started talking to us about giving. I'll never forget that. We went to a, a financial seminar and the Lord talked about giving, sacrificial giving. Yeah, that challenged me, eh? 
it was easy. Tithing was easy in that sense because I had a posture from an early life. But then later on, when it came to giving, you know, sacrificing my sushi and coke for Friday and taking that money and using it for different something else, it was difficult for me at that point. But sacrificial giving, but the Lord then worked it in us. And then we became to really, we got to a point in our finances. Where we were, Lord, if the Lord wanted us to do something, we would do it. If the Lord wanted us to give something sacrificially, we would do that. So tithing was easy, just from that posture. But then the Lord also created, started creating a posture in our lives to give freely. But then, that one December, I got a bigger bonus than I would have got any other time. And I was like, man, the money is just the right amount for something that I wanted to do. I was so stoked, it was just absolutely amazing. And you know what? For Willem, for Willem that was able to tithe all of his life, and the posture was there for the first time, it was difficult. I looked at it and said, Lord, if I tithe now, it's a bigger amount than I normally, it's suddenly the amount was difficult for me. The, the giving was difficult. It, it broke up the amount as well because it was this perfect number that I needed to do what I wanted to do with the money and I was breaking it up. I'm taking a, t- a tenth away and now it's not going to be enough for what I wanted to do. And suddenly it was difficult. But you know what pulled me through in that moment? My posture. My posture was the thing. It was something in me that the Lord, the Holy Spirit worked in me over years that I was just unable to walk away from. It was impossible for me to walk away from the fact that I wanted to tithe at that point. And that is what posture does. If we walk in something in the ways of God for long enough and it becomes a posture, it becomes something that it doesn't matter what the circumstances, it doesn't matter what happens, this is always the way that I will react. It brings a steadfastness in our walk with the Lord. And I'm not able to, uh, I'm not able to, to be swayed or persuaded or anything. And that's what tithing did for us. So yeah, that was the, lo- the last thing. I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond to, to this. But I want to give you just some time. We're just going to, just for a minute or two, I've been speaking quite a lot now. Uh, let me just stop the recording.